All right. We're live, okay. Mike. Hey, guys. Hey, Joe. How you doing? I'm doing well. Mike, today is September 2nd, 2020. And uh, here we are. You know, it's been a wild year so far. And we're officially in September. So this is, I believe we're approaching one year of the nonconformist. Yeah, we are approaching it. Well, you know, technically September we started. So um, you look at it from that point of view. But um, yeah, this is pretty cool, right? It's Cheers, time. bro. We're here. Cheers. We're here. Yeah. And we're yeah. watching it all unfold. That's right. So, man, um, I know we wanted to record because um, on Monday you you were texting me, right? And you were telling me about um, you started to look into the Strauss generational theory. Mm -hmm. right and i remember i woke up and i saw that and i saw like the whole text that you broke down and i was like I was like, oh shit this is actually this is something that we've glanced over you know i've seen in other uh, moments but i was like yo yeah you were like hey we should talk about this and i'm like yeah we should mm -hmm. because i think with everything that's going on uh not only you know we look at the conflict as something that's probably disgraceful and all of that but if you look at history you look at philosophy and religion religions right we see we see similarities when it comes to a, uh, starting a new age ending of a new age of an old age or ending of an age we see that in you know hinduism we see that in greek mythology we see that in all types of you know type of philosophical backgrounds and when you brought that point up i thought it was super interesting and you know maybe uh break down what it is that you came across and what enlightened you about what's going on right now and like yeah. and you know you told me something very interesting which is we're probably going into a renaissance and it's true right dark ages and then came about the renaissance and it feels like we are replicating this same thing so yeah. it's funny that there are cyclic cyclical events like this yeah yeah they're important to bring up i a lot of what i was doing is i was just trying to align theories that i had heard and we had studied in the past with um what's going on today and then i was hoping that that would paint a picture about what what might be happening in the future and, and just trying to explain right now with the economy uh, but more importantly, with the larger issues we're facing around the world, um, and and I think that they're all aligned. At the end of the day, uh, we know that everything in this earth, in this world, and universe happens in cycles. You know, our seasons happen in cycles. Uh, uh, the you know the, there's business cycles in the markets. Uh, there, if you look at uh, you know weather patterns or cycles. Um, you know, and so if you understand that everything in the universe in, in mathematics has shown us that there are cycles and everything is cyclical, uh, then, then that would mean that, you know, you can look at that and then try to piece it together, understand what's going on in the future. So one of the things that I had found were similarities between, uh, the generational theory that you were talking about, which, uh, generational theory essentially says is that, uh, Things in society, at least from the last couple hundred years, have happened within cycles. This particular theory says that these events happen in 80-year cycles, 
and there's four phases to them, which are 20 years apart. Uh, the first turning, the second turning, the third turning, and the fourth turning. And in history, we've looked at this generational theory, and you see that the lead up to the fourth turning is always the most treacherous in society. Now let's step back. The first turning, at least for this last cycle, started in 1945. Uh, the 40s was the end of the fourth turning for the last cycle. That led us to World War II and a lot of the buildup to World War II. That reset in 1945 and the first turning had begun again in 1945. The third turning ended in 2005, which would mean that we entered the fourth turning in 2005 and 2006. Now we know that the fourth turning doesn't end until 2025. And if this theory stays sound, that would mean that the fourth turning, we still have this treacherous part of history that is still upon us and it's coming fairly quickly. And I think all of us can feel it, all of us can sense it. And we see it in the markets. Uh, we're seeing it right now around the world with geopolitics. But what I did is I took that and then I aligned it with a lot of the philosophy that I had been following and studying from Terence McKenna. And Terence McKenna, for those that don't know, he was a, a scholar, he was a lecturer, speaker, a psychonaut, a mathematician. Uh, he's, he's one of the thinkers of, of the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. And Terence McKenna had this theory, what he called novelty theory. And what Terence McKenna was alluding to when he says novelty, essentially what he means is complexity. Um, everything that is complex in our lives that takes our attention is novelty. Uh, the innovation of computers and the internet, they're novelty. The in invention of machines, they're novelty. Um, complexity is novelty. And, and his theory says that through time, as novelty gets, as more novelty is built into society, time itself speeds up. And so I took that, and if you look at today's world, that is exactly what's been happening. You know, time has been, it, it's time itself has been speeding up, but if you look at consumption in the markets, and if you look at the, the rate of growth in technology, we have this hockey curve that has occurred over the last 15 years. And, and that, that would align, you know, at least in my mind, on, on a lot of the chaos that we're seeing. Now we took that a step further and then I said, okay, well, okay, so things are no more novel now. They're speeding up faster and faster. Um, now, what does that mean for, for people? What does that mean for society? Well, you can also study a lot of his work, and you'll, you'll see that his novelty theory also aligns with what he thought would be uh, the end of human existence from, a, a bi uh, from an evolutionary standpoint on intelligence in this earth. Uh, you know, humans have roamed this earth for what, 140, 100,000 100, plus years. But if you look at that in the span of the, the world, the world being 4.5 billion years old, that's very small amount of time that humans have been on this earth. Um, and, and humans came to be on this earth because of intelligence, because of consciousness, right? So his novelty theory, talking about the speeding up, the acceleration of, of time from consumption, from technological innovation then points us right towards what we're experiencing right now with, with artificial intelligence and then what looks like to be the complete symbiosis with humans and computers. And 
it paints a perfect picture in my mind on, on what we're seeing right now. The struggle between people and society, you know, breaking away from who they are, uh, genders, you know, gender bias, um, uh, affiliation with uh, political organizations, groups, um, the stripping of one's identity. Um, and then, of course, now on the brink of artificial intelligence and quantum computers, you know, once quantum computers get to a 70 qubit, they say 70 qubits are, that will be the, the threshold where AI is able to then think on its own and, and, and be its own form online. And, you know, what he, it just aligns perfectly with what he was saying. And he thought 2012, a lot of his formulas aligned up with the Mayan calendar before he even knew of the Mayans. Um, after studying his work and understanding what he was saying, I believe that it it's not like he was saying, and it's not like the Mayan calendar was saying that, that the world would end, but in my belief, they were saying that humans, human consciousness, the, you know, the human intelligence, uh, the, the human being the carrier of intelligence, the human being the carrier of the consciousness. The singularity exactly. of what we live in might end. Might end. That and age. The, the, that's the age, the age of human singularity yeah. separate from what we are going to probably now, which is a symbiosis with technology and a new coming of age. And that's like a buffer zone, right? Yeah. Because it seems like we might be the carrier to a different age down the line, which might be more of an AI robotic type of world. And I think we're seeing that, right? That's probably the, the concept here yeah. because, um, you know, when we look at what Elon Musk said at um, the JRE, Joe Rogan podcast, he said that, you know, he's creating Neuralink because it's, you know, there's, there's no going away from it. You, you know, we're going to connect with AI. You know, we just need to figure out how it is that we're going to you know, be able to be on top in the meanwhile, because um, that's just, you know, when you have a creation of something new, there are struggles, not only when it comes to power, but just the understanding of it. And he said, you know, five years time from and that was this year, mm -hmm. which is around 2025, mm -hmm. we should be already connecting our minds mm -hmm. directly to the system, whatever system it is. Um, and there's a lot of dialogue to what that is, right? We talk about censorship and all of that as well. So there's a lot going on and there's a lot of worry for many people. And there's a lot of enthusiasm as well. Um, but I think it's, um, it's a highly confusing state because we're, we're, it's, it's like we're dying off as an independent species. And now we will be dependent or codependent, right? And then you see also the, in Hinduism, Kali Yuga mm -hmm. says the same thing. It might this might be the end of that age mm -hmm. and starting a new age, and it all aligns the same way. Most uh, of the churches, like most religions, have have talked about this event. That's another odd thing for me is that you know the Mayans. How is it that the Mayans, you know, had the ability to create these mathematical formulations and actually know in time to be able to put a point on it to say that we think that this is when that next evolutionary transition would take place on this earth. Um, and that for me is just, it blows my mind that, you know, that that would, that would be happening. I, I don't know. That's just for me, it's crazy. Um, yeah, but, I know. A lot of people say, right, oh, it's probably aliens and, you know, 
or I, it, your concept could be right. It could be yeah. that that you know, aliens came down, or you know, whatever extraterrestrial type of you know organism and influenced and maybe spread that knowledge, and only certain types of people, people with higher consciousness, could connect with them. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not against or for that. I'm, I lean less towards that. I feel like um, it's more. It's it's more complicated than just thinking that this is some outside organism, probably using us as an experiment mm-hmm. or something. Right. It's just. I think it's more complicated than that. Yeah. Maybe it's because I believe that us as humans or I feel like we we look to the stars a lot because I think that we look. At, that we're not capable enough to create these technologies or be as sophisticated as we are. So we always look up above to see, hey, we are only we only have what we got because it was given to us and it was not created by us. But you know what? Maybe it was because of the earth we live in. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I talked to you recently about my philosophy that if there was a big bang, Maybe the Big Bang happened because of a of collisions, right? There was a collision or something of data, and you know that immense energy created what we have, and that data was scattered throughout the lands and mm-hmm. and the seas and all of that. And as you know, organisms started to come about, right? We talk about um, mycelium, we talk mm-hmm. about fungi and all of that, and how that's the largest organism. Also, right, coral reefs or yeah. what the those two are the largest organisms, and they are very similar. And now we have the third largest organism, in my opinion, which is the Internet, yeah. which is all similar, right? Yeah. And they react the same way. And they're built, uh, this, they're built the same way. They are essentially the same structures. Correct. Yeah. And, and, and with coral reefs, right, you could be in Europe and or you could be in any part of the world, and that coral reef system could be sensed. On the other side, in mm-hmm. Australia, they're all connected. Same thing with um, with fungi, right? Mm-hmm. They're all connected. Yeah. And, you know, Terrence McKenna talked about um, the stone ape theory, right? Yeah. We went along, and as we started to, you know, forest the land, and, you know, we probably ingested that, and that probably created this consciousness that it didn't, that wasn't created in other organisms, maybe because of the processing system that we do have within us was able to digest the data within there, mm-hmm. right? That's my, this is what I think. I think that's where, you know, uh, you know, as we went along and we kept exploring and we kept, you know, learning, processing data as we were on, right? We created tools, we learned, we got more data from there and as time went on, that we were able to explore the whole Earth, right? Because think of it, by the time, because we had, right, we had the indigenous here and in North and South America, right, in the Americas, which, you know, um, they were here and they had different, you know, you had the Mayans, you had the Incas, and they had their their type of um, um, worlds, right? They had yeah. their own worlds separate from everyone else. Mm-hmm. They were developing similar to the east but the east was more advanced which led to once the east met the west that collision of knowledge from both worlds yeah boom the whole world was actually it created a new world which is 
from the 1500s, exploration, cross-pollination, cross-breeding, um, right, of different backgrounds and knowledge and all of this and religions, right? Now we got to a point, 1800s came about, the Industrial Revolution happened, right? More and more data just kept getting created. Mm -hmm. And now we're at the point that what else is there to learn on Earth? And there's a lot to learn. Yeah. And I think that's where the symbiosis just comes about. Yeah. Our consumption is, is that it's that we're at a threshold. You know, we see it right now in the markets. Uh, the amount of consumption that we've done over the last, for over one generation, the amount of consumption, not just from consuming goods, producing objects, goods and services, but financial consumption. We've consumed enough for three generations in one generation's time. And Moore's law tells us that it's it tells us that you know technology doubles, right? Numbers double. It's the acceleration. It's Moore's law growth. exponential growth. And and I think we have we've met that threshold now and we're seeing it. That's why we're seeing contractions in the credit markets. That's why we're seeing contractions all around the world. But I mean, Mike, I think that it's totally relevant on what you're saying about like things all of a sudden speeding up to a point where they come to that one that that point where it's either you can't produce and you cannot you cannot because universe is looking to continue to expand right that's what it wants to do it's expanding it's growing it's becoming faster and we've hit that threshold and that's why I think the next logical approach is AI it's it's to bring it's to bring bring us to that next phase where uh, you know the economy needs it in order to keep growing um, you know humans themselves. Right, we're pushing for it and we're asking for it. Our technologies, all of our innovations, all of us competing against each other, all of who we are as we is bringing us to this one point of eventually we're gonna we're gonna probably create our we're either gonna destroy ourselves or we're gonna create the next form of ourselves, right? And and in it in it and it totally it blew my mind when I was connecting these theories. Um, I think that they're totally relevant. I think that the problem sometimes with uh, uh, a lot of people when they're trying to, to forecast a lot of what happens in the future is they don't take into account what's happened in the past, and they don't take into account a lot of these cycles in the universe, in the world. You know, they all have meaning, um, and yeah, and we're coming now to the point. We're coming to this point where there will be a new age. You know, 2025 will be the fourth turning. You know, there's a book. I believe there's. This is an actual book out there. I believe it's called the Fourth Turning. Um, but 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 we are going to be entering a period here where you know uh, you know competing world powers on the brink of artificial intelligence on our doorsteps. Uh, humans having the ability to create energy, nuclear. We know nuclear energy, nuclear warheads, um, and and. What does the world look like after 2025 when we are connected, when we are in this new, this new system, this new one world government of some sorts, this new age, right? The new age. Um, those are those are the topics that I that I think that I think interest me the most. Yeah, no, and, and I think going forward after a new age, I think the concept right of a new world order, the concept of a symbiosis, all of this is. It links to it links to 
the inherent aspect of carrying over our DNA. And, you know, we currently had a conversation or previously had a conversation on memes, right? Mm-hmm. Memes are just another form of uh, it's, it's DNA in the sense that we carry on information, right, through speech, content creation, right? And um, the desire of having that continue forward. This is why we have cultures and data. And that all has to do with data. Our genes is data. Memes are data. And the desire for it to carry on mm-hmm. and for it to be to for information and data to carry on with little resistance, you do need one system that's fluid. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the struggle right now is new world and old world. The old world does not want to let go of the singularity of human individuality. And then the new age wants to incorporate it all into one organism with this new system so that data can continue to flow Mm -hmm. and be processed and carry over into something else. And I think if you're of any religion or not, it always comes down to, like, if you're a Christian, you believe that we are going to, you know, all die and go into heaven and all of that, right? But it's it's a carrying on of something. Same thing with Hinduism, right? A carrying on is everything's carrying something on, either knowledge from the past to the future. It's always we're carrying. We are we reproduce to carry our genes, our information, our structure, all of that to the next, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing. We write books. We have history, which is pretty much carrying of data, knowledge to the next generations. Now we are digitizing all of that, right? And I think this is where we have the conflict of we're in this going back to like the dark ages, right? It's like something is it's it's like the cocoon is withering and dying for a butterfly to come about. Problem is that many people don't look at it as it's a butterfly and others do. And that's where we have this clash. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see it. This is what yeah. we live in now. Yeah. Yeah. The Renaissance, you know, we talk about the Renaissance, uh the the, the beginning of a new Renaissance, uh there's a there's a similarity in some sense to today's world and what happened during the the last renaissance that we knew about in the fact that there's a control structure there's a there's a there's a power control that has existed in the world over the last x amount of years and society has gotten to this point where it's pushing against that power structure um the last renaissance it was when the the vatican and the church and the monarchy the kingdom were both together right they were aligned so uh, we know that governing structures in this world really started with religions primarily uh, uh, Catholicism and Christianity uh, the Vatican being the first real form of governance and governments right uh, controlling populations through spiritual beliefs um, and and then came the monarchy and uh, neo-feudalism that was the last time you know we, we'd seen at least some neo-feudalism and the monarchy was with the church, and the two of them were able to control the lands because they controlled the people, uh, because the people believed in the church, right? They believed in yeah, God. They oh, were told, right? They were told, they right? Were told. They were told exactly. that hey, the only way that you will be accepted, and they were pretty much indoctrinated. Mm-hmm. The whole system that you couldn't read. The only person that could read could be a bishop, yeah. and just all of that, right? Until yeah. that was broken. Yeah. And it was broken because of competing powers using the same system that they had, right? You had 
you know, the King of England created the King of, you know, the, the Church of England, and then you had, then the whole Protestant movement moved, and that's just, that's just Judeo-Christian, and we also have that going on in the Muslim world. Yeah. Then that happens. That happens everywhere. Yeah. It's you know, and then it linked now into governance, right? We have government. Yeah. Yeah. Which the, is almost a similar system, right? Indoctrination of some sort. It's all the same. You know, I feel like at the end of the day, it's governing has changed in society, but the fact that people are still, they're still, they're still convinced, or they're they're brainwashed into just being okay with someone governing them right? Governments, that's the problem with most people I talk to here in the States is that, you know, in any country, really, they, they, you know, they associate themselves under the government and the government and the president to them is their leader. You know, they allow someone to govern them. But if you look at yourself, you should, people are free at the end of the day, right? Uh, I say that, you know, no one governs me. I'm in charge of myself. I might live in the United States and I understand I have to abide by the laws of the United States as you do with international law. But if you ask me if anyone controls me, no, no one controls me. No, not even the president of the United States, not the, not the, the governor of my state. Not even, no one controls me as a human, but, but they, well, some, some would actually say that probably is not true. Right. When you look at people like, um, what's that? What's the guy that he says that everything that happens in the world has already been preordained or like, set right it's true um i forget his name but that's yeah. his philosophy there's people that believe that yeah that we don't have independence right and it goes into that right it's a school of thought but probably true probably isn't if 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 right we are here as an evolutionary organism to continue carry on data then what he says and his name is at the tip of my tongue would be right that we probably don't have freedom and we think we do mm -hmm. but we probably don't but i'm just not i'm not trying to say you're wrong I'm just no no, no that yeah that's another right another aspect of what could be i agree with you mike because then to build on that the other problem with people is they still think that humans have any relevance on this earth really like again it goes back to the fact that we've only been here for 140,000 years intelligence in this consciousness and life form was here before us it existed before yeah. us you know we were just the monkeys that came down from the canopies that, according to Terrence and Dennis McKenna with the stoned ape theory, started eating psilocybin mushrooms, which we know now for a fact that they are epigenetic changes to the human body. Psilocybin mushrooms and LSD change the composition of your brain where they allow you to create more brain cells by activating more parts of the brain so you're able to think more, you have more pathways to knowledge, more memory built in, and this is why, at least they say, the, the, the cranium of the Homo sapien grew so large over a two million year period. So we just were just the carriers of this intelligence until now. And I think it's, you know, I think it would be naive to, to say that going forward, you know, we, we have any relevance in the world. But I, so I do agree with you that this is but probably, it's, because, right? it's, it's probably because we're novelty. It goes back to novelty. Yeah. yeah. Right. We create we think what exactly what you said about, you know, humans, because we create so much novelty that we, you know, think whatever it is that we are the only ones that can produce, you know, data and knowledge and all that. No, we are just the organism that was able to actually process the data because for some reason our brains and 
the mycelium, the psilocybin, was able to really produce a mm -hmm. supercomputer, mm -hmm. right? And then we just created this neural network between humans through language and interaction. And now we're just trying to refine it with the internet yeah. and, you know, quantum computing, which will literally be the symbiosis between humans and the internet. Yeah. Because, you know, quantum mechanics and the mechanics of our organism are similar, the way they interact. So I just think that, you know, maybe we are, we're not as important as we think we want to be. Mm -hmm. We're just here as a data carrier. The data is what that's why people believe in the simulation theory. We might live in a simulation. It sounds crazy. It sounds, you know, but many people, even Elon Musk thinks this, many others think the same. Mm -hmm. I think it could be because if we, what, what, what is a simulation? It's, 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 it's data creation. It's a world, it's another world and it's their processing, right? Like mm -hmm. you look at a video game, The Sims, yep. it's all processing of data. It's all an experiment, something, right? We are similar if you look at from when the world was created till now. It's all the goal is data mm -hmm. is the carrying of and why I think that's the question. Why? Why is that the goal? Where why is there an inherent desire to keep passing on data? Because that is it. Come on. You know, we 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 are born, mm -hmm. right? We got data from our parents and gen and in the form of genetics right yeah in the form of genetics yeah. and in the form of memes yeah. right they're teaching us yep. they're telling us you know these are if you're a christian judeo if you're a catholic whatever they're teaching you those values they're teaching you if you're here if you were born in the northeast they're teaching you american values the values of the northeast of connecticut of new york of new jersey wherever though in whatever neighborhood you it's they're teaching you they're transferring this data to you and as soon as you hit puberty now you have a desire of spreading your seed and continuing that data transfer mm -hmm. why why is there an inherent desire for our organism and the organisms on earth to continue to spread this data over and then you see now we are in this you know cataclysmic event of an old world of non-technology to a new world that we're carrying over and that desire of AI to pretty much link all humans into this system to collect all of our data and process it even better because we can't process all of this information. We created so much novelty. We created so much content. Look at you and I right now. We're online, yep. live, creating content. That's all we're doing. When I text, when I put a comment, anything, if I create a business, anything, that's content. Everyone's doing this every second of the day, creating content. We can't, we can't process it anymore. So this AI system is trying to process this data for some reason and carrying it over to, I don't know what, that football, here you go, that torch. Yeah. Where is it going to? That's the question I think many people have. Yeah. And Terrence McKenna did think that novelty is the point of the universe, is complexity. It's it's the chaos. It's the exponential growth. It's This is all what it's a part. He says that humans, like, what is your point on this earth as a human? It's novelty. It is to make the world as complex as you can and to stay as long as you can until you pass on. And 
And I think that's where Elon, we talk about Elon Musk, it's interesting now because if you're one of these individuals who are fully aware on it, I believe they are because they're also the ones that have been taking LSD and psychedelic drugs since the 60s and 70s out there in Silicon Valley. Uh, you know, I think they fully are aware on how this world and universe works. If you understand this, then you then are, and you, you know it's coming anyways, and you know it's going to happen anyways, you're going to be the first one to create the tools to bridge that gap. And uh, that probably is why, you know, I think that's probably why we're seeing him and Jeff Bezos and a lot of these guys making such a large push towards it now. You know, but... Uh, they understand. They un I think they understand that's just, that's just going to happen. Who is going to lead that? Mm -hmm. And they're positioning them themselves as those leaders. Because why not, right? If you right. have the resources and that power and influence, then you would want that. The problem I think that we all have is trusting those folk to actually lead us in the right direction. That's the conflict that we have. We don't have, we have, I don't trust technocrats. I just don't. You know, I think they're humans just like everybody else. They're just very rich and might be a little more intelligent. Yes. But um, I don't know if if their heart's in the right place. And maybe it's because I'm wrong. Maybe it's, I'm thinking of emotion and they're not. But then, you know, there's nobody out there that could just eliminate emotion. So I think this is the reason. And they understand that, which is why they want AI to be able to gather as much data from us as it can and actually be autonomous mm -hmm. so that it could lead us forward until we don't need to exist anymore. And I think that's that's where we might be going to that type of world, right? Mm -hmm. A Wally world. Yeah. Yeah. I one thing that I've noticed through this exploration of of time under trying to understand time, you know, what what is time? What is the universe? What is the meaning of all this, listening to novelty. I found that like there is a way for people to control time, at least the perception of time. You know, we all feel like right now in our day-to-day -day lives, time is going by so fast. You know, everyone, I remember, you know, the work day, like you start your work day, you're connected the whole day and you blink your eye and it's like 9 p.m. at night. And it just feels like time just went by so quick, right? Time is a perception. There's Time is perceived in the moment that it happens. And it depends on how much goes on in that moment you know another thing terence mckenna said is what lasts longer a million years where nothing happens or 10 minutes where a million things happen right and what i believe he was saying in that through what i've done so far with my ex exploration and meditation and and mental wellness and some of the well-being is that when i meditate when i when i don't connect to my phone when i have all everything the tv's not on my cell phone's away, the computer's away, and I'm just sitting there in silence for like 10 to 15 minutes, time, the perception of time extends. I feel like 10 minutes felt like 30 minutes, you know? That is true. And and this is, is something, so true. I think this is so important for people to know now because there's, everyone just feels like it's speeding up and it is because you're, it's, it's, it's what you're putting into that present time that's take, it's novelty, which is changing the perception of time which is making your life feel like it's going by faster. But if you just disconnected, like you literally just disconnected, try this at home. Try to disconnect for 10 minutes. Shut the TV off. Shut the computer off. Just sit there for 10 minutes. Start a, start a timer. And then feel how you feel, the perception of that time after the last 10 minutes. And it changes. And, and I think that's also why what, 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 he, what I've heard from him with psychedelics is that, you know, psychedelics do really reduce the perception of time, you know. 
uh, anyone that's gone through a psilocybin trip, or at least the ones that I've listened to, you know, time feels like it lasts forever. It feels like it's infinity. It's like, oh my God, this experience is never ending. It's because your perception of time changes. And we can do that in the conscious state, but the computers, the novelty, everything that's there to take our time away, we need to get rid of it. And your perception of time extends. I think that's important. Yeah, they said that about DMT. DMT lasts about 15 to 25 minutes once you intake that. and But it feels like you're living in a whole new life for years, mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah. Then you wake up and you it's only been 15 minutes you've been in that dazed state so that's exactly what we you know even in dreams right we'll go to sleep and we if we have a really strong dream where we can really recollect what happened and we're living in the dream without being too disconnected from it it feels like an eternity it feels like you're living a a different life for a long time and then you wake up and you probably just had a power nap yeah you probably just had a power. You probably didn't even go to sleep for eight hours. It probably was just a power nap. But it feels that there is a disconnect with time, and it's because this is why I, you know, the concept of ADHD and all of that, I'm on the fence about because I think this phenomenon that of ADHD, ADD, and all of that, mm-hmm. it's because we're tr- our brains is trying to, it's trying to adapt to the overflow of content mm-hmm. that we are being bombarded with. We're trying to learn, right? Our children are being born into a world where they're just overwhelmed by content. They themselves don't realize it because it's normal, right? They just see everything, toys or whatever it is, but and all these noises. But the brain, the biology of that human has not evolved at the same pace as technology has. So there's a mental struggle. This is why we have mental health issues at, at a high rate. Our brains are just trying to cope with everything. This bombardment, right? This is we are bombarded mm-hmm. by novelty. How to process it? If novelty continues at the pace that it does, humanity would just go into insanity. Mm-hmm. They, you will, we will not be able to reproduce and all of that because we will fail because our brains could not process it all. Mm-hmm. And I think that's. To carry on for, to be able to continue to evolve, not only as a species, but as an organism, if we're connected with mycelium, we're connected with, you know, with coral reefs, with this whole mm-hmm. system, whatever it is, the galaxies, whatever it is that we're trying to figure out, then us as the torch carriers, we need then the internet and all of that to process this data that we can't mm-hmm. and i think that's hard for us to realize that that's just the fact of the future mm-hmm. it is because if not, <laughs> yeah. die out even quicker. yeah 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 it's the problem with some people too is that they don't want to accept that it's 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 not even their fault it's just this is how it is like you know there are some things you know that 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 we can't control in a way you know in a weird way it's like it's like it was gonna. It's it's been, you know. It's it's like we've been going faster. At some, instead of like moving, instead of being pushed, we're being pulled towards something. You know what I mean? Like, like, and I heard this even with like a lot of what we're seeing right now in society with the whole take down the, the the statues and stuff. Is that you know some people are going back way back in history to call out these people. But I mean, uh, from a historian perspective, as historians, we have to question like you know. Would it have happened anyways? You know, was that in the game anyways? Was it all baked in anyways? Uh, 
the uh, exploration of new lands, the the innovations and the advent of technology, the industrial revolution, the tech revolution, all of our human advancement has led us to this one moment now. Is it our fault? I don't know. Not, I mean, the more I start to learn, the more I start thinking, probably not, right? Not, maybe not, but, but I think that we can use the tools. We can have more awareness and we could probably use some more of the tools that the early humans used to get where we, where we are now. Um, the psychedelic science is showing that, right? The, some people actually think that the problem with humanity is that when we stopped using these tools that were getting us to where we got to today, and that didn't happen until probably around 150, 200 years ago, 200, 300 years ago, really, three, maybe 300 years ago. It was really with the church. You know, the church started to really outlaw yeah, it's the second. gatekeepers at the end of the day yeah. it's always they're, the they're they are the gatekeepers man and i know that because all early religions all shamans all priests all took psychedelics how do people that's where these figures came from well that's where it all started from these crazy experiences where these shamans saw these visions that's where languages were formed that's where these religions were formed and priests do this, and all of these leaders do this, and I have a feeling, Mike, I think you might be right, that there was an understanding on the truth of the universe that existed through these substances that you were used as tools, and then it was, we need to keep these, where so there's gatekeepers that have awareness, and they tell the rest of the people about this. And don't let them have access to these substances, because we don't want them to know What's going on? And that's, I mean, look at it. Look at the, what the priests. Catholic Church is that with, yeah. the, with the Bible that they created. Because, you know, I, and this is a lot of people don't like to listen to this. The Bible was not created by the apostles and all of that. They created their own books. And then the church came and created one book and took and chose and left out, created this one book, and then didn't allow nobody to read it. Only priests, bishops were able to, and within the church, um, control that information. Right. So if they were able to do that with a book, imagine all the other knowledge that goes from millennia and generations ago that they might have had. That's why they say that you know in the the Vatican they have that library in the Vatican with so much information. We don't even have that. If we did have, if we did have that information. It would shift, I think, I think it would shift the way people think of not only religion, but where we came from. And that would, that would create a shockwave throughout the world. And that will create more conflict in itself because of the egotistical nature of these gatekeepers. These gatekeepers think that they did the, the right thing, but they, what they were doing was egotistical was to control, right? To control for their own benefit. They didn't do any benefit for us as a as, as a world, mm -hmm. and I think, you know, if we did have all of this knowledge and we were able to actually produce and break down this data, we would be in a different situation now. Even if we are still going into the symbiosis, mm -hmm. I think we would be able to get to it in a better way, in a we could process it better. But because of these gatekeepers, and this is why these technocrats worry me. Because they're gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. They have their own beliefs. They have their own ways of thinking, their own backgrounds. They're not 
they're not eclectic in nature neither, right? They are they're not diverse in their ways of thinking. So what does that mean? This is the issue we come about. It's you know who are these gatekeepers? Why are they gatekeeping this knowledge and all of this data? You know, maybe they know something we don't know. I don't know, mm-hmm. but we should we should get to know more of this. Yeah, and I think that day's coming, and we are upon here the Renaissance. You know, it's uh, tying back into that. I you know I think that the last Renaissance happened when the church was with the kingdoms and the people that we know the Black Plague is what discredited the the Catholic Church at that time because everyone was dying and then people were like, well, if there's a God, why is everyone dying? And then that led us to the Dark Ages. Now we see uh, Kaiser Reports dubbed it Giabo, the global insurrection against banker occupation, which started in 2009 after the financial crisis uh, back then. started with Occupy Wall Street. It led to the Arab Spring. Uh, We saw it in Hong Kong. We see it in France with the Gilets Jaunes movement in South America. All of these protests, all of this, un- the underlying issue is wealth inequality, um, uh, taxation, and the fight against the rich and then the, the rest of us. So uh, Gatekeepers as well. The right? gatekeepers as well. These so, bankers were the gatekeepers and the, the money movers. Money is power, right? And the aristocrats of the 1800s, yeah. you know, they were manipulated by these powers and then came governments. And governments became overpowered by these same banking system gatekeepers and now you know maybe there's a struggle between them and the technocrats or maybe they're not maybe in bed together we don't know but they're still gatekeeping which is the conflict we have right now people think that the coronavirus is the 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 center of the conflict of what we have no that's just a symptom of what's going on it's magnified right by fear yeah but we have a struggle petrodollar we have china with their you know digital one coming about the u.s government is trying to implement a u.s digital currency it's it's all in there it's it's all it's, it's bubbling it's boiling <laughs> you know it's how much is this going to boil i don't know is this going to be a chernobyl effect i don't know I, sometimes i sometimes i wonder if the novelty is in the person themselves too right because now that i've done the meditation and now that i know that like you can control the perception of time i wonder if that 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 if it comes down to the individual person because we we know that people live subjective lives right it's all subjective realities everyone lives their own little universe like even the people that like mike you and i are talking to each other like i'm talking to you but the fact is is that you are living a whole different universe than i am different thoughts different realities if you believe in simulation theory we could be seeing different things really right because it's all just protons and neutrons and electrons right but if you're someone that is speeding up, you're building novelty into your life at a faster and faster rate, and you're the one that's speeding your life up faster and faster and faster, will your life feel shorter for you to the point where when you get to the end of that novelty, you do implode? And that implosion is death. It's, that's what it is. It's, the, it's what we're all working towards is, is death, right? But if you're someone that can just disconnect or live, like you hear about this with people that live out in the woods, or they live, you know, the the monks, right? Do you live in eternity in the sense that your perception of time, your life itself just extends out so much further that like that is the, that's what we're seeking for, you know? That's what I wonder. 
That's what I wonder is from an individual level, if you had two subjects, one that was building novelty, as much novelty as they could in their life, and the other one that was trying to break away from that, and then you had a way to measure their perception of time, which one's longer? I want to know because I'm curious because I think that that's... Yeah, that's, I think that's a good question because then, you know, should we focus on prolonging our physical lives through medicine or should we just focus on extending our lives through perception? That's a good point. That's a really because cool look at it. Right, because we are living an accelerated life that we feel like life is flying, you know, before our eyes, and then, you know, we die off, and we look at, oh, we die young, and we're trying to extend our lives, but, you know, we we feel that our lives are flying by because we have so much that we have to do. We have to work, we have to go to school, we have to take care of family, we have to cook, clean, whatever it is. You know, you have to do, 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 mm -hmm. then you're not able to sit back and actually process and and extend that perception of life to be longer. That's why people go on vacations to try to extend that. But even that, right, we're bombarded by content, by novelty. So you're still not able to even enjoy that. People can't shut their minds off of this, you know, symbiotic world that we already are living in almost, right? Um, so maybe if we were able to learn how to live and disconnect and enjoy that perceptive state of being, life will feel like an eternity and we could probably enjoy it better yeah then you know but then people are afraid of that right people are afraid of their demons but i think that's why meditation and all that is important and i think we don't learn that we're not able to we're being taught to create novelty that's mm -hmm. the issue we live in the system that is like create 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 learn to create when you know maybe we should be looking inside of ourselves to try to like learn who we are yeah. how to digest our negatives and positives well and we're not able to do that and i think that's why we struggle and suffer as a society mm -hmm. and as a humanity mm -hmm. we we really do struggle people are struggling right now yeah. right with you know with covid and people are at home more mm -hmm. they you know there's only so much content that you can mm -hmm. regurgitate so it comes a moment that you have to sit by yourself and think and process what's going through your mind, the worries and all of that. We're not we're not used to that because we're constantly doing something. If you're not working, you got laid off, you know, you already watched all the shows that interest you on Netflix, you know, you read the books that interest you, whatever it is. Now it comes to a point that it's like, oh man, I gotta digest everything that's going on in my life. And you're not able to because you weren't given the tools to digest all of the thoughts that go through your mind that leads into mental illness which is a symptom of not knowing how to meditate and accept the the, the rights and wrongs in your life and in your soul and in your heart and all of that and i think it's all connected to you know even to what terence mckenna says you know exploring yourself exploring the earth you know digesting what's out there and what's inside of you and being able to understand that better you know I think we haven't been able to really do that. People, there are movements that try to do so, and we have been with the whole mindfulness. You know, you even see corporations now trying to, you know, look into that, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think we're learning that it is an issue. You know, it, this is not just, you know, a working class, poor class, upper class phenomenon. It's a human phenomenon. And if we don't learn how to deal with it, well, I think we will destroy ourselves even before we could actually pass the porch off. Yeah. 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 And I think that the, the moral of today's talk is, uh, you know, the, 
there everything happens in cycles like we talked about right what we look at now from an economic perspective is uh, generational theory and the fourth turning us entering this period of the fourth turning um, and there there could be turmoil coming up ahead as as we see now um, but also you know there's there's the opportunity for you know the everyday person to understand a little bit more about themselves a little bit more about the perception of time and during this chaotic period if it is uh, understand that through the form of meditation or even just stopping like no matter where and I know everyone's situation is different everyone lives in different situations and you know everyone's lives are chaotic but um you know maybe try to maybe just try to set 10 minutes aside to just sit in silence and then you know maybe that brings solitude to, to people that might feel like their world is just absolutely upside down right now. Yeah, I, I agree, Joe. I think that's something that we all have to really, you know, focus on. I've had my ups and downs with that. I've had times that I've been able to get deep into meditation and for a prolonged period of time, you know, have those stages and then somehow, you know, disconnect from that and then I reconnect to this crazy world and then it's like, oh man, I gotta get I got to get my balance right, you know, yin and yang. I got to balance those two. And I think this is what we need to do as a society to actually be able to digest everything is have that yin and yang. Yin yang to me is just, that's real, that's life. Yeah. That whole concept is to me the best representation of what life is. We have to balance those two out to be able to live a fulfilling life. We won't always be happy. But we have to learn how to manage the sadness, and that's the hardest struggle. Struggle, struggle, struggle. Learning how to struggle, and I think that's—I know that's me. That's my issue. It's trying to learn how to deal with it. And meditation is key. Learning about, you know, religion. Learning about all religions, no religion. Learning about politics, all types of politics. The world, that's a culture. Everything, everything. Learning how to do that. Yeah, I agree, Mike. So, I think that's all right, brother. I might, that's good. That was good. I like that. Man. Yeah, you know, talk about these things. Well, if everyone out there liked what they heard, you know, you could find us at thenonconformist.io. You could subscribe to our free email newsletter there. And follow if, us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. We always throw content in there. So follow, share. Right. We also talk about crypto. We have adoption. You want to learn more about Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. We also have a website for Monero, which is a privacy cryptocurrency, which is going to be super important going forward, yep. especially as privacy blockchain gets developed. And we talk about it on LearnMonero.com. Mm-hmm. Right. We also we have uh, newsletters we release every month. We will be releasing September's newsletter. So please follow our page, go on our um, our website, and we'll continue to produce there, and we'll continue to connect. Where? What else we got? What else am I missing, Joe? I think that's it. Yeah, that's it. So share, 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 share the love, y'all, and let us know what topics you want to hear about. A lot of people have been telling us they want to learn how to buy gold, precious metals, crypto. We're trying to create tutorials now for that. Definitely leave something in the comments. You know, if you got any questions. Let us know. Yeah, exactly. Reach out. I've had friends that reached out to me 
and they say, hey, you know, can you talk about this? Hey, can you know? And and I think that's great because we have been listening and we have been creating for that. So yeah, you know, thanks to the people that are reaching out there because we just want to have discussions and you know, and we appreciate that people appreciate our conversations. Yeah. So I think it's awesome. So thank you guys. You know, we we recognize you. So cool, y'all. Well, enjoy the rest of the day, and we hope you found this interesting. Take care, y'all. All right, peace.